What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Refiners Podcast. My name is Corey Bell. I am your host. And today we have a great episode in store for you. So this is an episode, this is the very first episode that we're doing with this podcast. And it's just a time for us just to grow as believers. And whether you're a new believer or a believer who's seasoned a little bit, this is just a podcast where we just kind of just talk about things um, that deal with who God is and, and how to live this life and how to read the Bible well, just stuff like that. And the whole heart of this is so that we can grow closer in our love and affection with God. So today is the very first episode, and and I mentioned in my beginning introduction episode that I'm not going to go really crazy deep um, in some of these first few episodes just because I want us to get a basis of who God is, a basis of who like the Father is, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. I don't want to go so deep into detail that I lose uh, your focus and that we're just adding too much information. So we're kind of just giving a good foundation and just uh, groundwork for you. That way, the more along you move uh, and walk through your life out with Jesus, the better it just becomes. So the question that we are answering today is, who is God? Now, this is one of the most asked questions ever. Everyone has asked this, whether you're a believer or a non-believer, everyone has asked this question at some point in time in their life, even if you grew up in a Christian household, who is God? And that's a that's a really good question, trying to figure out who God is. You have to be able to just read and do research and look into it. But for us as believers, we know who God is. And the way that we're going to look on seeing on who God is today is just by taking the opportunity just to look at who God is in the Bible. You know, not our own personal you know, thoughts that we have behind it or the things we've experienced, but we're going to go directly into God's word to see how it is. He just gives us his love and affection. He just teaches us. So we're going to first begin with the very beginning. I think if there's any um, appropriate way to address this is by looking at the beginning. It's looking at those first few chapters of the Bible, which take places. Um, it takes place in Genesis. So Genesis, as we know, is the first book of the Bible where we see how everything came into being, how God created everything, uh, how he just set things in place, and how he just filled everything uh, by his purpose. And in Genesis 1, we actually see that God even talks about how, you know, in the beginning, um, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, the earth was formless. There wasn't anything in it. It was empty. There was darkness all over it. But God decided, hey, let's fill this thing. Let's actually give it purpose. Let's give it life. And then from there, he moved forward. So, you know, one of the first few things you see about the characteristics or attribute of God is that he's a creator. You know, Genesis talks about how God created light and how, you know, he had called the the, the light day and, and the nightness, you know, the darkness he had called night and how he created, you know, animals and he filled the sea, he filled the air with, with birds. And not only that, but he also came down and created us. And so we get to see at the very beginning of this, the deepness of how God is creator. And it's so interesting to see because when people first, I guess, associate with God, they don't automatically go to the thought, oh, well, God is a creator. No, a lot of the times, really honestly, people go to this higher being who requires you to do all these things. And, and, you know, sometimes people think that he's egotistical or, you know, just way out there and and it's hard to find God or see God and all these things. But really, it just comes down to the point that, no, like God is a creator, you know, this this earth wasn't formed by some huge phenomenon that just happened to happen in space. You know, it was no explosion or anything. It was created by the hand of God and the design of God so that there would be life. 
That is the whole point. God wanted there to be life, and so he spoke it into existence by the power of who he is. And it's so interesting because we get to see this first part of God being creator, um, but we also get to understand who his creation is. You know, he gets he gives down into detail of, you know, what he created, who he created. He doesn't necessarily go down into why he created them, except for humanity. He, he teaches us on what the reason is for us being uh, formed in his image is. And speaking of being formed on his image, we actually see that in the first book of Genesis. Actually, says in Genesis 1.26 that it said, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. They were ruling the fish, uh, they were ruled the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on them. And so we get to see that God has created and he gives identity and the ability to partake in the creation story with man. So God, God only is not a God of creation, but he's also a God of design. Um, he just gives us the design of, of humanity to just partake in creation with him and just rule over the earth and, and help rule. Um, and I think that shows just how accepting God is and how God from the very beginning wanted to take the time to involve us in his story. Uh, I just think that so that's so interesting. That's so, it's so intricate that God would just take the time to just think about us enough with enough value that he would invite us to be just like him. Um, I think that 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 blows my mind away. Just thinking about us it. like, man, God looked at me so forward thinking and so in love that he invited me to be like him and to partake in the things that he um was partaking in. So it really just also just gives you the characteristic and attribute that God is, um, God is inviting. He's inviting God. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't sit on the sideline and, and wait. And, you know, he doesn't just wait for you to come in and he doesn't make you make the first move. No, God is inviting from the very beginning. Like we see right here, God has invited you to partake in the um, life that he's called you to live, he's he's ta- he's called you to partake in what he's doing, and that just that's so that's so amazing. It just shows you that God is an invitational God right off the bat. Um, but not only does it show you that, like when you look at the original story on how God created everything, it really brings your mind when you fully kind of like understand what the scripture is saying. That man, God is extremely powerful. You know, to really look at God and be like, man, you created, you created the fish, you created the sea, you created the sky, like you've, you've done all these things. And it's like, man, just how, how powerful are you? Like you are, you are all powerful to create everything within the time frame that you did. Like that, that just proves that God is an all powerful God. And really, and honestly, that's actually one of the first, um, you know, of, of the big main three uh, omni characteristics of God we we see. And, and, you know, really that comes down to him being omnipotent, which pretty much broken down just means all powerful. Um, that this pretty much means that there was nothing in the beginning and God created everything because God had all the power and authority to do so. And so it just gives us the ability to see that God is a, an all powerful guy. Like there was nothing that created him, um, but everything through him, by him, to him, for him was created. Um, and that just, man, that just blows my mind. 
and just looking at seeing that, you know, God, God is an all powerful God. And really you, you look at the scripture and you're like, no, you created these things. But I think once you finally get out into the world and you, you see God's handiwork, that scripture becomes such a bigger reality. It becomes so much more alive. Like even thinking about like some of the waterfalls, whether you know I've seen them in person or in a video or something, it's like, man, wow, you know, God, you created that. Like you, you created that, and through a multitude of of years, you know, water that continues that continuously runs over rock will eventually you know, cut through the rock and form it. And that's how you kind of get some of these natural waterfalls and these natural landscapes is because the waters just kind of just flow through it. And, it, and it's like God's structure is just, it's always timely and it's always perfect. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people who went out there, you know, in the environment um, and just looked at it and be like, man, if it wouldn't have went this way, it wouldn't be here. And that just proves, you know, God, God is detailed. He has a design um, and he's all powerful in it all. But it's very interesting um, to see that this point right here, too, like God isn't bound by time. You know, I think I think sometimes people kind of think that God came in later um, or that man constructed religion and God. But really, and honestly, no, like God God brought in man. It's not the other way around. You know, God brought man into the world, not man bringing God into the world, because then that would make us higher powers. And we're we're not the higher power. You know, we didn't create the heaven and the earth. You know, you know, God did. Um, so it's very interesting just to see that and look at on how we kind of just brings all that together and brings that clarity there. Um, but then later on in the first couple of chapters of Genesis, we see that you know, kind of how I how I said that. You know, humanity was created in the image of God, and then he gave humanity actually instructions to minister to the earth. Like we were supposed to name the animals, take care of the, of the soil, you know, um, plant things, produce things like God gave us, you know, details. He gave us a job to do. And a lot of people think, oh, well, that just means God's just pushy. No, like God, God gave us an opportunity. Why? Because God was a personal God. Like, why would, why would God create you in his image just to command you and tell you something to do? You know, that's, that's not how it works um, with you and God. It's not God creating you so you do things. No, it's God creating you so that you can have an intimate relationship with him. Why? Because he is a personal God. He is an investor God who wants to have an intimate relationship with you. And we see more of his caring nature when we see that God wanted us to be in community with him because he created us in the garden in perfection. And actually, we were one of the last things, if not the last thing that God created. God created us in his image on the sixth day. And on the seventh day, he rested. And so God God knew, hey, I don't, I don't want to just have this all to myself. I want to involve other people in it. His invitation to humanity was, hey, I'm creating you so that you can partake in what I've got here. Because everything I got here is great, but I love you enough and I have a I have a plan for you enough that I want to create you so that you can partake in it. And then not only just partake in it, but be just involved with me in it. It wasn't just doing, it was being. It was being close to God. It was being in the presence of God. And that's how we see how God is personal. 
God cares about having a relationship with us. And if you can go on deeper, when God created Eve from Adam, he actually says in Scripture, it's not right for man to be alone, so I'm going to produce a helper for him. God cared enough about Adam to say, you know, he has me and I I am enough. God is fully enough. But I want him to have someone who's also like him who he can who can have community with, who can, he can share with. And so when he created Eve, he created community. He created that interpersonal relationship between man and woman. And then went a step further and said, "Hey, not only am I giving you the job to be over the things that I'm ruling now, but I want you to partake in creation with me. So go out and reproduce and fill the earth with your offspring. You know, God had a design. God was a family man. God was a family God. He cared internally about the family. If he didn't care about the eternal you know, structure of the family or family overall, he would have never told Adam and Eve to reproduce. He wouldn't he wouldn't have cared. But God cares about family. He cares about the structure of community. He cares about the structure of having father, mother, son, and daughter. Because as we know, God is also the Father. God is also the Son. God is also the Holy Spirit. So God has already had that family aspect characteristic, that family man, that that fatherly figure in him since the beginning. It has always been there. Uh, we just never really fully grasped it. Um, but it's good. It's good to just see that God cares about that kind of structure uh, in that in that life as well. Um, and then we get to notice, you know, later on as you more uh, progress in reading the Bible, the more you'll see who God is, the more you'll understand who he is. So I think I would probably say one thing for early Christians um, or for even seasoned Christians, you know, take your time when it comes to like reading the Bible. Um, and don't stress. We're really, I'm speaking to new to to newborn Christians, uh, Christians who are now new in the faith. Don't don't get so hyper focused on how much you read. It's not about the quantity of what you read. It's about the quality and how you read it. Are you actually spending time with God, or you're trying just to speed through for the accomplishment that oh I've read today? Like that. That's one thing that I would say. If you want to truly get to know who God is. Spend time in his word, not speed through it. You know, when you spend time with other people, you spend time with them. You get to know them. You laugh with them. You joke with them. You go places with them. It's the same thing with God. God wants to spend time with you. God wants to take you places. God wants to laugh with you. He wants to He wants to hang out with you. Like God wants a personal, intimate relationship with you as he has shown in Genesis with Adam and Eve in the garden. So just take that, you know, as a as a forefront that, hey, I can actually spend time in the Word of God. I can actually grow in my relationship with God. Um, and so that's something that's just very, very interesting, very cool just to, to see God show us. Um, and then you see that there's also the, going back to the whole other part of, of Genesis, is that when God created Adam and Eve, everything that Adam and Eve already needed to sustain their human body was already there. I've never really noticed that until now. But God had already provided the provision before Adam and Eve were even there. That doesn't speak volumes. (laughs) 
accepted that God's provision for your life has already been taken care of before you even get to the point on where you're going to need the provision, oh man, (laughs) that doesn't speak volume of God's provision and love. I don't know what does. Like that's so good. Like in that moment where the more you live this life or maybe you're in it now, oh man, I really need that money. Oh man, I really need that job. Oh man, I really need that breakthrough. God's already in front of you. God has already provided the provision in advance for you. Why? Because he already knew what you needed. And this actually goes into one of the other omni characteristics of God being all knowledgeable. God knows everything. Before we say our next word, God already knows what's going to be said. Before we think our next thought, God already knows what we're going to think. Before we do the next thing, God already knows what we're going to do. Like God is an all-knowing God. And Genesis, you know, these first couple of chapters just prove that God already knew that Adam and Eve would need sustenance. They would need nutrition for their bodies. I think that's so cool. That's something that I didn't I didn't really think about um, until now, which it really does kind of bring clarity. Um, I know a lot of people quote this scripture and, and sometimes it's, it's done out of context. But when you look at, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, because uh, it says, for I know the plans for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You know, we're, we're definitely listening to the fact that this is the prophet Jeremiah, you know, speaking, um, you know, out loud the word of God. But when you kind of take that scripture and, and apply it to the context that God it knows everything, like he already has everything planned out for you, uh, it really does bring full clarity of, of God's um, omnipre- uh, um, uh, omniscient uh, all-knowing powers, that he knows everything. So he already knows what needs to happen next. He's already planned it out. He already knows that you're going to need the ability to, to make it through it. Why? Because he, he already has the plans to prosper for a prosperous life for you. And, you know, God's omni uh, omniscience is just there. It's just there right off the bat. And it's, and it's good to see that there's scripture that they'll continue to definitely uh, back that up. But knowing that God is going to be there for you is probably one of the most comforting things. Um, I would probably say as, as a believer helps you to keep walking out in this faith. Um, because many times we like to get stuck in the mindset of thinking, Oh man, how am I going to get through this season? How am I going to get through this? Like I've got all this thing. I got these things coming against me. Like the bills are getting high. God, you know, the the money's getting low. Like what am I going to do to know that God's already got it planned out for you and for your best interests? Like that should give you such peace and excitement to know that the, the, the battle and the worry has already been taken care of. The provision has already been taken care of. There's nothing to worry about because God, the all knowing God has already planned for your prosperous situation to come for you. Even the word of God talks about how God's word will never return void. Uh, it'll always accomplish without what it's sent out to do. And so when you, when you know that God is for you and not against you, um, he's always going to provide. Now, to put that into perspective and it not sound prosperity gospel wise, I want to kind of just clear the air and say not every, obviously this happens the majority of the time, how you think it's going to happen isn't always necessarily it's going to happen 
you know, majority of the time, it doesn't happen the way you think it's going to happen because God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So he has a different way of doing it um, because it produces faith and it produces character. Even scripture talks about, you know, when we go through tough times and tribulations, that it produces faith, it produces character, it produces the ability to keep having faith and hope and relationship with God. Um, so, yeah, just knowing just knowing that God is all knowing, it, it really just gives you comfort um, as you continue just to live out this life. And it's something you'll have to continue to just put your faith and trust in, to be honest, is in that characteristic that God is all knowing. So whatever worry you have, you know, whether you're, how are you going to pay for college or, or how are you going to do this thing or that thing? Just go ahead and just know that God has already put it in, in place for you. Jesus has already gone ahead of you to take care of that thing that you're worried about. There's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to be scared about. God has already went on your behalf to show you the love and affection of the Father through his omniscience by knowing what you need before you even need to ask for it. So that's just a that's just a tidbit. That's something just to, to impart to you today, too, um, is that God will take care of you even when it even when it seems hard and that there's nothing there. Um and that kind of brings in how I talked about the Father. Um, as we know, who are new believers, and um, maybe a new believer may not know it, but there there is a Trinity aspect within God. And even though Scripture never uses in in the old context, in the old text, the word Trinity, the concept of Trinity is there just through how Scripture constantly talks about how you know, there's a Father, there's a Son, there's a Holy Spirit. Um, the Spirit of God came and rested upon them. You know, there's prophecies about about the Messiah being the son of God, like all throughout scripture, there you'll see the highlights and the hints to the Trinitarian aspect of who God is and that he is three beings in one flesh um, or three beings in one. So God has the father, the son and the Holy spirit, but he's still one God. And I know that's a hard concept for a new believer to understand. Uh, I would uh, definitely encourage you to look a little bit more into it. Uh, what I plan on doing over the next couple of weeks is actually going into detail on the Trinity so that you can understand who God is in these three different uh, roles that he has and that he lives out through uh, the uh, Bible and also just in our daily lives, because um, that's something we'll also talk about as well, which is also very interesting bringing this point up. This actually brings in the omnipresent portion of who God is. This is the omnipresent, which means, you know, God is God is ever present. Um, God is never absent in a situation. God is never absent in, in something that's happening or about to go down. Like God is here today. He's here in the future. He was there yesterday. Like God is omnipresent. It actually even says that uh, in Revelation 1.8 that God is the Alpha and the Omega uh, it actually reads right here. It says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who and who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. And that's just, that is a pure declaration that, hey, I am omnipresent. I have been, I will be, and I, and, uh, I have been, I'll continue to be, and I'll continue to be in the future. Um, so it's just God showing that, hey, that I'm, I'm there, which really, I think as a new believer and really any believer, I think this one's very big is the fact that you know that God is omnipresent. It helps you to have hope for the future. 
it's it's interesting to see how all of the omni characteristics kind of just all flow and come together in one accord i love that i love that god just showed me that they really do just come in all one accord you know, you have you have the all-knowing God, you have the all-powerful God, you have the ever-present God. And man, they just kind of just connect all together. So then when you're worried about the future, you know that God is already in your future. When you're worrying about the future, you already know God knows your future and he's already got a plan for your future. And knowing that God is in the future knows that his power to have all these things and place for you because God is so powerful. He's already ahead of you and he's already planned for the ahead before you're even getting there. So it's like all three of those really connect. Like you can't have one without the other. It's impossible to have one of the omni uh, characteristics with God without the other, because they all three are are just in sync and in line with one another. And I think that's, that's absolutely um, amazing just to see. And, so bringing that bringing that together, you know, we we really just get to see more um, of who God is, and that He really just He really just knows what He's doing. Uh, I think some people definitely at times kind of questions God. You know, God, what are you doing? Like, how how am I getting through this? But having all three of those characteristics, uh, wow, it really just it really just brings uh, everything together. Um, and then you know, knowing that that God. Will lead you through it just brings more, uh, more and more peace in it. But skipping on um, from the um, from the omni characteristics, I want to kind of take us back for a quick second when it was talking about Adam and Eve in the garden. Um, so as we know, with Adam and Eve in the in the garden, we had the opportunity to be with God in the garden for eternity. Like that was something that was displayed and something given to us full force. Like there was, there was no getting out of it. We were meant to be in eternity with God in the garden. But as we know this, the serpent decided to enter into the picture and trick Eve, who ended up eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, gave the fruit to Adam, and now we have the fall, now we have sin, death has entered the picture, and from there we are now separated from God. But I want us to kind of just show us um, a side that some people are really, I think, sometimes struggle with, um, just because of issues they've had with their own you know, father, and that's that God uh, is a God of correction. Um, I think that's something that's a hard pill to swallow for some people, um, but it's a necessity to understand who God is because a parent doesn't correct um, a child out of anger or resentment. No, a parent corrects their child out of love. Correction is needed to keep you on the right path. You know, kind of think of it like this. If you were going down the road and you, you know, decided to kind of, you know, drive a little faster, you hit a puddle after it's rained, you hydroplane, and you have to correct to get yourself back on track, right? Now, obviously, we, you know, there's a whole science behind that, but not jerking too hard. And that's the good thing about God is that God knows on how much pressure to add to your life steering wheel so that it doesn't throw you farther off course and you crash. God knows how to give enough correction to you to keep you back on track and put you right on course. That way you don't go on 
you know, and, and make the matters worse and you end up crashing and failing. God knows exactly on how much to turn your steering wheel to get you back on path so that you continue to move forward in your life and down the road of life. Um, but I think we're we're hitting on the correction part because, you know, after all of this, we we see that God needs to administer, you know, justice and correction. You know, he has to correct Adam and Eve because they have just sinned against God. You know, they have just, you know, pretty much went against what he told them, you know, not to do. They ended, they ended up doing it. But we get to see that God uh, loves us in correction and correction is is needed. And as we look at this situation you know it's it's mercy and grace to be corrected you know we really get to see a bunch of attributes right here in this moment we get to see god's love god's correction god's grace and god's mercy through his correction of adam and eve because as we have you know as you read if you read the um conversation that God has with Adam and Eve when he's telling them not to eat the fruit he is actually telling them hey if you eat of this you're going to die like point plain simple if you eat this you're going to die that's it but we see that after they have sinned they actually don't die and a lot of people would say you know it wasn't a physical death that God was talking about um, but it was maybe like a, an innocence death. Either way, what has happened here is that God shows mercy because maybe he could have been meaning, you know, hey, it's a physical death. Um, you know, it could have just could have just been that, hey, I, I that's it. Like when you when you eat this, you're going to die. Um, but as we see, you know, that doesn't happen. Uh, and I think I think that's something that's big that we need to kind of look at is because we see God's love. To care for them enough to correct them, but we also see God's mercy and grace by them not dying. Yes, their innocence died. Yes, their perfection died, but their physical bodies continue to remain, which is also very interesting because it means like when we went back and talked about how God um, is, you know, kind of for you and not against you. Like He He has the plans for proper, you know, for you to prosper. Adam and Eve from what scripture says, didn't reproduce until they were after, until after they were kicked out of the garden. Which means when God gave them the charge before the fall to go out and reproduce, it, it didn't change. The calling for them to reproduce was already given. It didn't change God's calling and God's anointing on the life to go out and reproduce. So, which goes back, God, does, God is not a liar. Like God is, God is not a liar. God is all knowing. He's all perfect. Like he, he's not going to go back on his word. His word will set out and accomplish what it has been set out to do. And that's what happened. Adam and Eve still went out and produced. They reproduced. They have Cain and Abel. And so it just kind of just goes back to, to the whole point. You know, that God is all knowing, that God is all powerful, that God is God is powerful enough to look past your sins. God is powerful enough to look past your mistakes and still have a calling and identity to still hold his word of what he's promised and prophesied and, and promised you in your life. Because why? God knows that we're going to mess up. God knows we're going to sin. But grace and mercy will abound for those. And he'll give you the ability with correction and love 
in conjunction with mercy and grace to continue to walk out the identity and the life he's called you to and what he has told you to do. And I think that right there is just, wow. Like that, that right there is powerful to know that Adam and Eve still went out and did what God said to do a chapter before, even though they were supposed to die. Like that love and mercy and grace right there is beautiful. But we do know that there was correction. Um, and the correction, you know, unfortunately for them was to be kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And, you know, there was uh, a battle that was kind of set in place between man and, and evil. You know, the scripture talked about, you know, the, the serpent will strike at our heel and we'll crush the serpent's head, you know, underneath underneath our heel, underneath our foot. And so there was this internal, there was already this, you know, battle between man and evil, um, which is very interesting to see. But Besides that point, we do see that God has to correct um, in order to love correctly. You know, in order to love someone, you have to correct them at some times. And even throughout the Old Testament, the more you read the Bible, you see God's grace and mercy multiple times done throughout the nation of Israel with love and correction. Uh, the, The multitude of how many prophets God used in the Old Testament to speak and rebuke and correct and guide the nation of Israel back to him, to back to who he was, to back that they were called to live for him and to worship him alone because he was the one who brought them out of Egypt. He is the one who has set them apart and set them to be a nation. Like God's love and mercy and his grace and correction abounds because that's who he is. He loves you enough to correct you and he gives you grace and mercy in the midst of your correction, in the midst of your sin. Why? So that you can continue to walk out the life that God has called you to. That's powerful. Because it, it, it comes down to the, you know, the point that, yeah, you can mess up a multitude of times, but God's grace abounds, God's love abounds. And that speaks true. Like if you really do look at the nation of Israel and see all, all the stuff they, they did, they worship idols, they brought in other idols into their nation and, and completely, you know, refuted God and, and didn't even give him the time of day. Yet God's plan still was to love, correct, give grace and mercy so that eventually Jesus could step on the scene. Because God's plan, because of him being all knowing and all powerful, had already planned for Jesus to come and take away the payment, the sin of the earth by Adam and Eve's sin in the fall in the garden. You know, that's where the separation came in from. Separation came in from the from the fall, but God's grace and mercy abounds even through the disobedience of Israel so that Jesus may still step on the scene and die on the cross, on the behalf of all humanity, so that they may be forgiven and have a right standing with God for eternity and have an intimate relationship with Him. Like, wow. Like, that right there is, is, is something else. Um, it's so beautiful to see how, how God just kind of works all those things together. And I, I'm telling you, the more you get into the Word of God, like I really do challenge you, like really kind of just spend time 
in the Word of God and just, you know, read the Word of God and, and let it let it take its time. You know, if you have to read a scripture a couple more times to understand what God is saying here, what God is doing here, that's fine. Don't feel the pressure that you have to read the Bible within a month or within a year. Like, that's not a requirement. <laughs> You know, if some people want to do that, that's that's their that's their you know decision and everything. But if I if I'm speaking to new believers here, or even believers who may feel like they have to read, 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 it's not about reading. God doesn't want your intellect. God wants your heart. God doesn't need you to be a a, a big brain theologian unless He's called you to it. He wants your heart, which even the theologian still has the heart for God because they have the reverence and the all for God to chase after him in a way that is theologically, you know, advanced in knowledge. Um, so yeah, just, just know that that's, that's who God is. That's exactly how he just works out, you know, his, his love and affection. And I think that's, you know, really one of the main points of driving home today is that God's love is, is so infinite that, it doesn't matter, you know, where you go or how much you do. God will always give you an opportunity in your life. Like God, God constantly gives second chances, third chances, fourth chances. Like God just loves you so much that He's just not going to cast you away just because you mess up a few times. Um, God has grace and mercy, and it's our it's our choice at that point when we're given that grace and mercy to choose whether or not we want to accept that grace and mercy and i and i think that's a that's a huge thing that a lot of people oversee um is that it has to be our choice to accept his love and mercy for it to abound um the way that it's supposed to you know god's grace and mercy can only abound if it's received you can only give a gift to someone who's willing to receive it or you can only receive a gift that you're willing to you know actually have your hands out and say yeah no i want that you know, that's, that's kind of like the same thing um, with God's grace and mercy. But, you know, God is never changing um, in, in his stature and who he is and who in his characteristics and attributes. Uh, even today, you know, thousands of years after Jesus has died and resurrected, God hasn't changed. You know, his heart is still is still to come after you and still chase you and love you um, and just continue just to move close to you so that you can continue to grow uh, in your relationship with with God. Um, and I think I kind of want to really kind of just wrap this episode up with that last little bit is the fact that God's love, um, one thing that God, that God is, is he is an unconditional loving God, which means, because I got to break that down, that way people can understand what I'm trying to say here, is that Kind of like how I've been saying, you know, you can you can mess up, you can do all these things, you could be like the nation of Israel and rebel and rebel and rebel, but God still loves you so much that even though He knew in the future you would rebel, He still offered up His one and only Son to die on the cross for you, because that is the love of an Almighty Father, a Father who looks on you with identity and looked at you on the day that Jesus hung on the cross and Jesus looked forward into the future and saw you and said, yep, nope, even though you'll do all these things, I still love you enough. I'm going to die on the cross for you so that you can have right understanding, so that you can at least have an opportunity to accept my love for you. And that's just the love of the Father. And that's that's what we're going to be talking about next week 
we're going to be talking about, you know, who the father is, because I've you know stated that a couple of times a day, you know, the father, the father. And some of you may be new in your faith and you can be like, I don't really know who the father is. And you know, how do I know who the father is and how how do I get to know him better? Um, well, we'll be talking about that next week. We'll get to be, you know, diving a little bit deeper down uh, into the Father uh, and who He is. And really, and honestly, it's, it's going to be a little bit of, of repeating some of this stuff because a lot of Old Testament God that you see um, is really kind of the forms and ca- uh, characteristics and attributes of the Father. But we'll go more deeply uh, into into who He is um, on this next episode, just because I want you to. Um, to see God in in the in the form of Father, um, but yeah, no. Today today is just one of those days where I just wanted you to kind of just take the time to get to know who God is a little bit more intimately. Um, and you can definitely continue just to read uh, and search this. You know, this isn't this isn't a fine line drawn in the sand. Like this is all of who God is. Like don't don't think that's what this is. This is just kind of like a groundwork to kind of help you know who He is and how you can see Him in Scripture in some in some ways, um, in some ways, shapes, or forms. That way you can get a groundwork, you can get a basis of who God is. Maybe grow a little bit more, see God in a different light, um, and then grow as you continue to just live out your life and chase after. God and search him out. Um, But that's what I'm going to wrap up with today. Uh, And we're just, you know, looking forward to see what God does in this podcast in the next few seasons, the next few uh, episodes he's going to do. The plan is to do probably about another, you know, a few more episodes. I would, I would say five to five to seven more, just kind of giving groundwork for the faith. Um, it's kind of a, the season I've, I've kind of called the new believer season. Um, that way new believers can just come in, uh, or believers who just got started in the faith or just came back to the faith can kind of re regrow or grow in generally and knowing who God is and their relationship with God, um, so that they can continue to walk their life out. But that's what we're going to start off first for the first few episodes. We'll transition into more of the quote unquote heavier topic stuff is what you know, season Christians call it. It's a little bit deeper, a little bit heavier, a little bit harder to, to understand if you, if you don't have a little bit of maturity in your faith, um, to understand it. But yeah, we're super excited to see where God takes us in this. Uh, if you have any chance, um, just to, you know, hit a like on this or share, send it to someone who you may know as a new believer or someone who may um, grow for this, uh, grow from this experience or this podcast episode today. Please send it to them. Uh, I do have it on uh, three main uh, channels, three main hosting websites, which is the uh, Apple Podcasts, it is the Google Podcasts, and the Spotify Podcasts. So if you have any chance, Hit it up, like it, share it. Uh, I, I will have um, some more content um, ready uh, to go. My plan is to uh, post at least once a week. Um, so just be on the highlight of that. Uh, usually I will probably post it on a Tuesday or Wednesday. So kind of just keep track with that. And uh, yeah, just be praying that God will just continue just to use this podcast to reach people and grow people in their faith. And we'll watch God and, and Jesus move in this, uh, in this podcast and, uh, you know, even hopefully lead people to Jesus. Uh, that's kind of part of the reason too, is that we want to, we want to lead people to Jesus and, and steward and love God well. Um, but that's all I have for today. Hope y'all have an, a great and amazing week, a great, an amazing rest of your day and I will meet you in the next episode.